0: the love that you've bestowed upon us and father i thank you in jesus name for everybody here and everybody that's viewing us through live stream father that the the spirit of god is moving and great and mighty things are being done through your word through your spirit and the lives of all of us we need you but thank you, Lord. We got you. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and we are receiving from you all that you've got for us today in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, as I said, uh, uh, Pastor John and Anita uh, are just taking a little time. They send their love to all of you. You can take the pastor out of a house, but you can't take the church out of a pastor's heart. Amen. And uh what we're going to do we're going to go ahead and, and and talk about the reign of the Holy Spirit today. Right. Are you ready for some of that? We're going to talk about Lord, send the rain. Send the rain, Lord. Send the rain. Yeah. And uh, uh an interesting uh thing uh, uh as you get into the word on on any subject it's amazing uh so somebody uh, once described it like that that piece of meat that no matter how, how much you chewed it, like it just got bigger and bigger in your mouth, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's like the, the more I chew it, I, I'm, I think we're getting ready to swallow it, it's like it's growing on me. <laughs> Well, well there, there's a sense in which the word does that you know in a much more positive sense than the chewy piece of steak though amen but but there, there's something about the word that, that when you're digging into it and when you're meditating on it and chewing on it it just keeps on going it keeps on going it keeps on growing and and any bible subject when you get into it, it the more you chew on it the more it grows on you and, and, uh, and, and my, my prayer today is that the lord can really plant something in our hearts oh I think I just busted loose here, praise the Lord you all got me so see, I need to wear tape to hold this thing down <laughs> because uh uh you 're a mover and a shaker, you know uh, Pastor John needs to do the same thing, so praise the Lord, but I know you all got me good so uh, but but there 's something that 's very important about the aspect of digging in to um, uh, a, a bible subject and really get in the heart of what god wants to get across saying and, and here's the thing i don't want to just give you another topic another bible topic today another subject of the bible but but really something that is part of the heart of god and something that is part of the answer for this crazy world that we are living in right now so we say lord send the rain now, now, what does the Bible say about the rain? What, what, what is the significance of this? Well, first of all, you, you got to understand this, that, that uh, the land of Israel is a, uh, a pretty dry place in the summertime. I mean, those summer months, it can be really, really dry. That ground is hard. That ground is parched. But there, there's, there's two kinds of rain that, that happen. One's called the early rain and one's called the latter rain. The the early rain that happens about October to November Kind of breaks up that dry ground and, and and allows the opportunity for some good planting to happen and then the latter rain is really the the point in time in in March and April that early spring period of time where, where those things that are yet to be uh, uh, fully uh, ripened so they can be harvested that that last rain comes in there and gives everything a good dose where anything that 's not yet ripe gets ripe and is ready to be. Harvested. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter eleven gives us a beautiful picture of this. Verse fourteen says, "Then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, and your oil. And I will send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may eat and be filled." You know, uh, Jeremiah chapter five verse twenty four. Uh, gives us a picture of people uh, who uh, were, in, this, in that case, were not saying, uh, you know, so sometimes it's, uh, you got people that are not saying what they should be saying. <laughs> and in this case, they, they were not praying to the Lord for rain. They were, they were actually uh, not saying in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God who gives us the rain, both the former and the latter rain. So we see that theme once again, reoccurring as far as the former rain and the latter rain in Scripture. But the the thing, you, as, you, as you dig into it more, you find out that this is not, not just talking about natural rain. The, there is the natural application and the clear implication of rain coming out of the sky that waters the land of Israel. But I want you to know God's got more to it than that. Because there's so many things in the Word of God that, that have both uh, a, a dual application. A lot of times an application in the natural and an application in the Spirit. And, and uh, we're, we're going to see this, that, that as we continue here, that we're not just talking about natural rain when we read about this early and latter rain in, in Scripture. We're, we're, we're seeing something that's even deeper and more significant than that. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. The words of the prophet here. It says, come and let us return to the Lord. Isn't that a good idea? For he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He, someone say he. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. So you see, when we get into scripture here, we're seeing something that, that it's not just talking about what God's going to do to, to water the land of Israel, but the fact that God himself is coming to his people like the former and the latter rain. You know, Psalm 72 and verse 6 says, He shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing, like showers that water the earth. Who's doing that? He's doing that. He's coming like the rain. He, you know who he is? He is the Lord. The Lord's coming to you in that way. The Lord's coming to us in this generation, in this time, in that way, because we're asking him to we're asking them to do what? Send the rain. Come on. Hallelujah. You know, Joel, the prophet um, Joel chapter two, very, very amazing portion of scripture. And I want you to check it out with me here as we're continuing along with this prophetic scripture that, uh, that has been fulfilled and uh, and is being fulfilled and is yet to be fulfilled. Joel 2, starting with verse 23, says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats Shall overflow with new wine and oil. Isn't that good news? You know, good news that when the rain comes, then you've got fruitfulness and abundance as a result of that rain that fell. Look at verse 25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. You know, when you think about the restoration of years... I mean, you can't help but think of 2020 when you think about restoration of a year. And somebody with me tonight, you didn't just fall asleep and wake up now, did you? Talk about the restoration of a year. Woo! I know one, I won't restore it. Hallelujah. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, and the COVID locust. Come on now. My my great army, which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions we, we could uh keep on reading but i want you to see the the direct connection between this former and latter rain to the pouring out of god's spirit on all flesh is somebody hungry today hallelujah And when is this coming to pass afterward? Afterward. Now, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when those early disciples, those 120 that were gathered together in the upper room in the city of Jerusalem, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke with tongues, and you see this this body of Christ, this new movement getting started, this church the, this uh uh this group of people where, where you see the devil used to think oh boy we need to stop jesus and, and now all of a sudden there, there's uh jesus is everywhere everybody looks like jesus because what happens is that when people came into the body of christ they they they, they were uh uh becoming new creatures in christ they look just like him they had his dna Hallelujah! You, you know, uh, you, you you couldn't tell the difference because uh, you, you know what? Uh, the, the, their name might be John, or their name might be Maria, or their name might be uh, uh, Vanessa, or any other name you can think of. But but look who they're connected to! They're connected to the head. I can't tell the difference. Uh, you know, there's no gap between the head and them. They're connected together in one body. It's like when you see them, you're seeing him again. That's what the devil's worried about. He's still worried about it. Hallelujah. Because the body of Christ is a mighty moving force. Unstoppable force. That's going to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. Until this thing gets wrapped up. Hallelujah. But you see, that was the beginning of the growth. That was the beginning of the outpouring. If that's last days. We in last days now too, y'all. And the same outpouring that begin there is also ongoing today and i want you to know i'm hungry for seeing the latter rain fall and seeing god wrap up this thing in an amazing way hallelujah you see a lot of people focus in on the negative parts of the end we know that the bible says that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse the bible says that there's no doubt about it You know, the Bible says that the love of money will wax, the love of many will wax cold. We realize that. But the thing is, is that in the same way that the Bible gives those warnings of things that would happen as the time gets closer, glory to God, there's also something good about to happen as the time gets closer. And what that is, is that's the the latter rain of the Spirit of God being poured out on the earth and the great harvest. The great, great harvest of souls being brought into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You got some people on your harvest list, don't you? <laughs> hey, you got some people that you got marked. Yeah, they're, they're marked for harvesting. They're, they're marked well, uh, in prayer. They're, they're, they're marked in the words that you're speaking on them. Hallelujah. And you want to see them come into the kingdom of God. Well, I'll tell you what, I believe now's a good time. Amen. You see, what what happens with this rain of the spirit? You know, it's talking about this early and latter rain. It says, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. This rain that I'm going to pour out is myself, my very own spirit. Acts 2, Peter quoted it. He said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Acts 2, once again, in verse 33, he said, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, talking about Jesus, he said that Jesus had received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, and that he poured out this, which you now see and hear. What did Jesus do? He poured out the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 10, 45, they were amazed. They they were at this Italian guy's house named Cornelius. And they were amazed because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, I love that terminology, poured out, poured out like rain. Come on now. Isaiah 44, verse 3 says, For I will pour out water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Hallelujah. See, the rain of the spirit is poured out. The rain of the spirit falls. I mean, you, you, you know, we read about Jesus in Matthew 3 when he got baptized and he looked up and he saw heavens open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Acts eight sixteen talking about the church of the, uh, uh, the the church in Samaria that was just born. Samaria had just received the word of God, but they were not yet filled with the Holy Spirit. And the way the Bible describes that says that He had not yet fallen upon them. He had not yet fallen. Come on. Acts ten right there in that same Italian guy's house. The, the, the Bible said that the Holy Spirit fell on all those that heard the word. And then Peter later, retelling that story, said, Yep, the Holy Spirit fell on them just like he fell on us in the beginning. So, so we see this terminology being used of being poured out and the Holy Spirit fell. Because what, what is that? Poured out? Fell? That's rain terminology. Come on. And what are we instructed to do regarding this rain? You don't say, well, I I hope it comes. Well, that sounds like a nice thing. Lord, I sure hope so. Uh, We sure need it. What does God actually said to do? Well, I want you to know that you are instructed by God to pray for rain. Hey, did you know that? Did you realize that? That you are instructed by God to pray for rain. Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. Really what that is, it's lightning. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. And you know, reminds me of the words that James spoke when he said, you have not because you ask not. Well, if I'm instructed to ask for something, I'm going to ask for it. And I said, Lord, yeah, pour it on, pour it on. <laughs> send the rain, Lord, send the rain. We're, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and do just like Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, where he said, If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask for the reign of the Spirit. Ask him. You know what his answer is going to be? Someone said, well, God always answers prayer. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait a while. No, forget about that. That, that verse in, in, in your Bible, that's in first imagination somewhere. <laughs> God is going to answer your prayer with a big juicy yes, with a big juicy. I've been waiting for you to ask me that so I could do something about it. Hallelujah. Now, why pray for rain? Well, one thing we alluded to early, and we're going to see this here, is that the fruit must be ripened so it can be harvested. You know, uh, Paul said himself, he said, I have planted and and, uh, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And there's a, 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 you don't just plant something in the ground and boom, there it is. No, it doesn't work that way. Uh, uh, when you plant something in the ground, there's a process to get it from the form of seed to the form of ripe, well-developed fruit that's ready to be enjoyed. See, I've enjoyed some fruit this summer. I got me some Georgia peaches and let the juice just run. I mean, you know. Got my chin anointed with the juice. Oh, it's so good. Ain't nothing like good fruit. Amen. Amen. James chapter 5, verse 7. A very, very significant verse. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Waiting Patiently for it for what for the fruit waiting patiently for it until it receives until the fruit receives the early and latter rain wow get a hold of this now if you think of this only in terms of Georgia peaches and stuff like that that's great but I got to tell you, we already saw that God's got a bigger meaning than just natural fruit and natural rain when he's talking about this rain. He's talking about himself being rained out. He's talking about his very own spirit being poured out. We clearly saw that in the word of God. So I want you to think of this in these terms. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer. Who's that farmer? I want you to know that's Jesus. The farmer. Jesus. You know the sower sows the word? Hey. Well, that sower who sows the word and who's the soil? That's us. The farmer is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth waiting patiently for it, waiting patiently for that fruit until that fruit receives the early and latter rain. Wow. Now, we're talking about asking, right? We looked at Zechariah 10.1, talked about what Jesus said in Luke 11. And it's interesting, sometimes you see stuff in the Bible and you say, Woo, we was I? I never saw that before. And and I had one of those moments. Because James chapter five says this, what we just read, and then he uses as an example of somebody who's praying this man named Elijah. See, we, we read this a whole lot. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But, but hold on, hold on, hold on, go back. See, see, we, we quote that. But do you know that the example that's about to be used to describe the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man is somebody who prayed for it not to rain, and it stopped raining, and then he prayed again that it would rain, and then it rained. Hmm, interesting. Of all the things that James could have used as an example in this fifth chapter, right just a few verses after he talked about the early and the latter rain, he's talking about this guy, Elijah, who prayed for rain. Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. That means he wasn't deep and holy and had a halo on his head. No, he's just one of the guys. He's a human being like us called of God, but human. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Next verse, and he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So he prayed again, the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Well, I tell you, it's time for saints to pray for rain and then the heaven gives rain and what happens here on the earth the earth produces its fruit and what's that that's what James described earlier as the precious fruit of the earth now what can we learn from what Elijah did to affect our own prayers in this area Of course, Elijah was praying for natural rain to fall. What can we learn from that as we pray for the rain of the Spirit to fall? 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to go ahead and bypass the beginning part and look to where this period of drought, this three and a half years period is getting wrapped up and where he is actually praying for rain. So then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. First of all, I want you to realize this before we go on. That is faith, F-A-I-T-H, right there. You know why? Because he's talking about the sound of abundance of rain when he ain't even prayed yet. He ain't even prayed yet. There's not a cloud in the sky. There's not even any inclination of rain. And what's he saying? He's said there's a sound of abundance of rain. Once again, one of those crazy faith people in the scripture calling those things that be not as though they were. Verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground. Put his face between his knees and said to his servant, So, so that, that's obviously the posture of prayer. That's what James was talking about when he prayed again. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. Oh, come on now. <laughs> hey, you, you ever got up off your knees and looked? Nope, nothing yet. Come on. <laughs> So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Once again, F-A-I-T-H in action right here. All he saw was a cloud that was as small as a man's hand and said to the king, you better hurry up because it's about to rain out here. Come on now. Verse 45, now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. So here's the thing. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah prayed for natural rain. What Zechariah said to us, what the Lord said to us through the prophet Zechariah was to ask for the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So when we're asking for the rain to fall, the rain of the spirit to fall, what can we learn here? We learn this, that we don't wait until we see full results before we start talking results. I mean, this church, last time I checked, was called Faith Christian Center. Faith people shouldn't walk by faith. The Bible says that just shall live by faith. The whole idea of what faith is, is that even when you don't see it, (laughs) <laughs> Even when you don't feel it. Even when it seems the total opposite. You're a person who's holding on to the word, believing the word, and ain't taking anything else for an answer, ain't taking no for an answer when Jesus already said yes. Amen. So here's the thing. You're persistent in your prayer for the reign of the spirit. You might get up, look, have somebody look for you. Say, look. I don't see nothing yet. I ain't phased by that because I know this is God's will. So be persistent in your prayer for the reign of the spirit. And don't be discouraged if all you see is a little cloud the size of a man's hand. See, so you might think, well, is that it? No, that ain't it. That's just the start of it. Hallelujah. Because, you see, that small cloud that came out of the sea is the thing that ultimately resulted in a black sky that dropped heavy rain on the land. Are you with me here today? So if you don't see results to your prayer for rain, that doesn't phase you. And if you see little result, that doesn't phase you either. Because you know, God don't have something little in mind here. God's got something big in mind here. The, the Bible says in verse 45, we just read it, there was a heavy rain. Hallelujah. And sometimes you just got to sing the song. Even when I don't see it, you're working. <laughs> and even when I don't feel it, you're working. Oh, yeah. Because that's what faith does. And you know, I think it's time to go up to some of the people you've been praying for it to 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 rain their way. You you've been praying for them to experience the the rain of the Spirit. You've been praying for them to experience the outpouring of God in their life. And and, and you you might just go ahead and say, "Hey, you, you know, I've been praying for you lately," and they might you know. People have their responses. They'll say, oh, thank you, and then turn and roll their eyes or, you know, w- w- whatever people do. But then you can be a little more creative and uh, uh, borrow the line from the little boy in the, in, in the movie, The Color Purple, and say, it's going to rain on your head. Come on. It's going to rain on your head. And say, what? What are you talking about? Do well, You just get ready and you see. Because when it happens, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's going to happen. Hallelujah. Are you with me today? Anybody believing that the rain, when you ask God for the rain, that he's going to send it, and that the answer is yes, the answer not maybe, the answer not, oh, I don't think so. I mean, whose idea was it to begin with? It was God's idea. He was the one who said, I'm going to come to you like the rain, like the early and the latter rain. It was his idea. Whose idea was it to ask? It was his idea. Spoke it through his prophet. So, what do we do? We say, Lord, send the rain. Prayed in faith, prayed in confidence, and expect it to be so. Now, I want to go ahead and go here for a while and, and talk about how the rain of the Spirit addresses the greatest needs of today's world. I want you to realize how pivotal the timing of praying this is for the situation that the world's in today. First of all, the reign of the Spirit brings healing and miracles. Hallelujah. Sounds good in the middle of a pandemic, somebody. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. I want you to realize when the Holy Spirit comes and his power comes, what do you see? You see healing. Hallelujah. Because that's what he's like. That's what he's like. You see, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father's that way. That's why Jesus acted the way he did. That's why he went around all the villages teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every manner of sickness and disease among the people. Why? Because that's what he's like. So when you get the reign of the Spirit, you get to see what the Spirit's like and what he's all about. And you get to see That he brings healing with him. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4 says, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Signs, wonders, miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Other places in the Bible, you can write down some references if you want. Galatians 3.5 talks about su- supplying the Spirit to you and working miracles among you. Romans 15.19 talks about that, that uh, mighty signs and wonders were done by the power of the Spirit of God. And then, of course, I mean, the, the classic teaching uh, that, that Paul laid out, to introduce to us what we would call the gifts or the manifestations of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where he said in uh, chapter 12 and verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, and all these are manifestations of the Spirit. And what do you see manifesting when He shows up, when He's rained out, when He's poured down? You see healing and you see miracles. And in a world where there's, uh, 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 there's fear. And in a world that's been turned on its head because of a virus. Mm. Glory to God. I absolutely welcome the reign of the Holy Spirit. Because the reign of the Holy Spirit is the answer. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty. You won't be free from sickness? You won't be free from virus? Well, I got to tell you, what a great setting it is to have the Holy Spirit in manifestation. Because where he is, there's liberty. What else? As we're in this position of uh, realizing that, uh, uh, you know, the, the reign of the Spirit is the answer to the problems that the world is facing today. The rain brings unity where there was division. Mm -hmm. The rain brings unity where there was division. You know, Acts chapter 2, the very day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit was outpoured for the very first time. The setting is described as follows. After... It describes the setting in the upper room and the, 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 uh, uh, the 120 there being baptized and the Holy Spirit speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then you have verse 5 that states this. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying, One to another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans. It's like these guys, they're, they're from Galilee. They, they don't know how to speak our languages. I mean They can hardly speak their own language. You don't tell them people to pack the car and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Verse 8. How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. See, even in a setting where they're separated by language. So many nations represented, separated by language. The language was different, but when the Holy Spirit showed up, the message was the same. See, the Italians still spoke Italian. If If you were from Paris, you still spoke. French, if you were from Lagos, you still spoke Yoruba? Come on, somebody. But the message was the same. They were speaking in their own languages the wonderful works of God. Because the rain brings unity where there was division. The rain brings unity because who's this rain for? God didn't say I'm pouring my spirit out on white people. God didn't say I'm pouring out my spirit on these certain select groups and leaving these others out. That's not the way God works. I don't know what... Whatever possessed humanity to think that was a good idea. The way God functions, the way God operates, and he's got something good, and it's for everybody. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. I mean, after all, when Jesus showed up, and you can look in your Bible, Luke chapter 2, the angel said, I got good news of great joy, which is for all. All people. Hallelujah. The, the way that God operates is the, the, the things that he gives and the blessing that he gives. Uh, you, you ever heard the term equal opportunity employer? Well, he's an equal opportunity blesser. Hallelujah. Any man or woman who's got faith in him can go ahead and receive what he's pouring out. Now, consider this. This is Acts chapter 6. We're talking about the, the rain brings unity where there was division. The Look at this. This is Acts 6, right at the beginning of the chapter, verse 1. And it says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. You know what? It, it, it sounds to me like discrimination. Sounds to me like one group was getting treatment, then another group wasn't getting. Lord have mercy. Come on. Verse 2. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So the solution to a problem of discrimination between how different segments of the church were getting treated was solved by getting people who were filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's look for some people who've been rained on. Get some people who've been rained on, and they'll be the ones to know how to handle this situation. Is somebody going to say amen to me today? Hallelujah. Let's talk some more about this need of getting rained on. And the the great fruit that comes. We're talking about unity where there was division. Now this is fascinating to me. This is Acts chapter 8, 14 to 17. Now Philip had already gone into this area and preached the gospel. And they had received what Philip said. That's early in the chapter just to give you a little background. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria... Had received the word of God. Whoa, Samaria. Now I mean you just go ahead. And read through the gospels. You find out very quickly. Jews and Samaritans. Did not like each other. I mean did not like each other. Is an understatement. I mean you know. You talk to yours, I talk to mine. You stay on your side of the fence, I stay on my side of the fence. But Philip went down there and preached Christ to them and they received the word. That's what the earlier part of the chapter says. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. You know what's so significant about this? See, we think about John in his later days. You know, the apostle who outlived all the others. They tried to deep fry him in oil and he just wanted to deep fry, you know what I'm saying? I mean, lived to be the longest, I mean, the, the, you know, the, they banished him to, to some island out in the middle of the Mediterranean called the Isle of Patmos. And what did he do there? Go saw a vision of Jesus and wrote the amazing work we have with us today called the Book of Revelation. Unstoppable. Known as the, the, the apostle of love. I mean, his writings on love in, in the New Testament, I mean, he just puts it out there. I mean, ain't, ain't no bones in that. It's filleted fish and boneless chicken. I mean, if you don't get that, you ain't getting nothing. I mean, he put it out there so easy to get. The apostle of love. But this apostle of love once had another side to him. <laughs> hey. Because Jesus once called him and his brother the sons of thunder. How many of you knew that? You mean John the apostle of love? Yeah. And do you know that in Luke chapter 9, Jesus and his followers are going through a village of the Samaritans. And as they're going through... The Samaritans are realizing that Jesus got that look on his face. Yeah, yeah, he's heading to Jerusalem. So, yeah, yeah, we know what we think about you and your crew. So because they, they, they recognized them as Jews on their way to Jerusalem, they did not receive them. And James and John had a bright idea and came to Jesus and said, "Hey Lord, you want us to go ahead and call down fire on them like Elijah did?" How many of you ever read that in your Bible? You know I ain't lying. I ain't lying. I'm telling you the truth. Same guy. John, you false of love. Now, John was corrected by Jesus. Him and his brother said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. But this same guy, who at one point of time in his life was ready to call fire down from heaven to fry the Samaritans is now the guy who gets the call to come down to these people who have already received the gospel and send down a different kind of fire on them, pray that they get filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Wow. And isn't it just like God to want to use somebody in a way like that who was once on the other side of the spectrum, who would want to use somebody who was once the enemy of these people to be instrumental in bringing God's reign of the Spirit upon them. hallelujah. I'll tell you that just lights my fire to you. What about Peter? You know had a Vision one day saw a vision of pork chops and titlins <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, pork rinds and all this stuff coming out of heaven and the voice saying arise, slay, and eat and, and Peter said hey uh, ain't none of that kosher what are you talking about. And the voice said, what I have cleansed, don't you call unclean or common. And as a result, God's speaking to Peter over in Joppa where he was. And and, uh, God's speaking to Cornelius over where he was. That same Italian guy that we were talking about earlier. And what happened? God brought them together. Peter came, preached the gospel in the house. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 says, While Peter was still speaking these words, while he was still in the middle of his sermon, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. One of the biggest issues of the day was Jews and Gentiles. I mean, you know, Jews were in the category by themselves. Everybody else, well, you know, you ain't one of us, you're a Gentile. And, and, and the, uh, so when the church was born, you know, people thought, well, okay, is it, is it just for us? Well, I don't know. I mean, Jesus did say to go and preach this to every creature. But did he mean every Gentile creature? And here we are, years after the day of Pentecost. The church was slow to get it. Even the guys with halos. I mean, you know, they all had halos on their head back then, of course. (laughs) I mean, the guys with the halos were slow to get it. But these approximately 10 years after the day of Pentecost, they figured out, whoa, the Holy Ghost just fell on the Gentiles. This is not just for us. This is for everybody. And so what happened? The rain, oh yeah. I said the rain brought unity where there was previously division. And as we get ready to wrap it up today, Let me tell you this, the rain brings wisdom. The rain of the spirit brings wisdom because he's a spirit of wisdom. As a matter of fact, check this out. This is just great. How many of you remember in the book of Genesis when uh, the pharaoh of Egypt had uh, a dream? Couldn't find anybody to interpret his dream. Found out about this guy that was locked up named Joseph, called Joseph out. And Joseph laid out in great detail the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream. How did he respond? What did he say? This is what he said. Genesis 41, verse 38. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this? A man and whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. One man with the spirit of God, with the spirit of wisdom, one who was discerning and wise because he had the spirit of God in him, had the answer for the problem that could have taken down a nation. And it wasn't the president who solved the problem. Because Pharaoh was still Pharaoh. But this man, Joseph was given a place, and a place of prominence, and a place of influence. And what he did, what he dreamt, he carried it out, and it worked perfectly. The the plan worked out perfectly, not just where God saved the nation of Egypt, but God saved other people as well, including the children of somebody named Jacob, who we also know as Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of the Spirit of God on one man. And that Spirit gave him wisdom and discernment. We need some Josephs and some Josephines (laughs) right now. The rain of the Spirit to fall. And the impact of that rain. To be felt through the lives of people who have allowed the Spirit of God not only to fill them, but to flow through them. And to give answers where there was no answers. To give witty inventions on how to get something done, how to do something. Nobody else knows how to do it. Everybody else is contradicting each other. Somebody says, wear a mask. Somebody says, don't wear a mask. Somebody says, hydroxychloroquine. Somebody says, cod liver oil but one person with the spirit of God operating in them can have the solution for a nation and not just for the nation but for the world see he's identified as a spirit of wisdom Paul identified him as that you know over in Acts it says of those men that that were Assembled to, to deal with that, uh, uh, that, that issue that the church had there about people not getting treated fairly. Men who were full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. The Bible says about Stephen is that when he spoke that the, the others around him could not resist the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. The spirit of God is a spirit of wisdom. The spirit of god came to rest on jesus and we see it so beautifully laid out in isaiah chapter 11 start with verse 1 isaiah 11:1 says there shall come forth a rod from the stem of jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots it's talking about jesus the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the lord Hallelujah. So three things that this world so desperately needs. Healing. Miracles. Unity where there was division. And wisdom in a time where people just don't know what to do. And the reign of the Holy Spirit covers all three the reign of the Holy Spirit, when you ask for it to come and to be poured out now at this time, in this generation, on our nation, and on the nations of the world. You think it's going to have an impact? Oh yeah, it's going to have an impact. And I'll tell you what, what a time to be alive. You might think, yeah, I will. Can we turn back the clock? Can we go back to last year? But i tell you, real men and women of faith are going to rise up and say, Oh, I'm glad to be alive right now. Because right now in the middle of all this madness, in the middle of the greatest darkness, the light's going to shine even brighter. And you're going to see fulfilled the, the words of Ezekiel where he said this, I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be... Showers of blessing. Then the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase. They shall be safe in their land, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I've broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. Someone say, showers of blessing. Someone say, send the rain, Lord. Send the rain, Lord send the rain lord Lord. hallelujah 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 thank you lord let's pray today father in the name of jesus we honor you we give you glory lord we know we know how important this word is and how important this time is that we're living in and that it's us the church The world's not praying this. The world don't know this is available. But us, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, are right now in a situation where we can pray and where we can impact what's happening here on planet earth and that our prayers can bring down the reign of the spirit and that we'll be impacted and that our nation and the nations of the world can be impacted because of our obedience to do what you said to do and to ask, for the, ask from the Lord, rain, in the time of the latter reign. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. You know, I got a question for everybody here and I got a question the same question for those of-